Welcome, everyone, to the Fantasy Fessionals Football Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I mean, I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined uh, via Zoom out there on the interwebs this evening by my co-host and good friend, the Fantasy Fessional himself, Mr. Jeremy Butterball Van Curen. Butter, how are we doing this evening, bud? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Doing well. You sound good. You look good out there on the interwebs, my friend. So uh, send in, send in my love through the interwebs to you here this evening. Miss you here in studio, but I uh, realize you had a had a late evening uh, from the uh, from the, uh, the the day job, so to speak. And so we're going to do it via the web this evening. But we got a lot to talk about, my friend. So I'm excited. Are you ready? I am. Let's jump into it, my friend. But as always, before we jump into the NFL action and, and all the talk on that, we, we've got to show some love to our favorite sports bar butter, and of course, that's Chalk Sports Bar. Chalk is Oklahoma City's premier luxury sports bar located in Chisholm Creek Plaza at 1324 West Memorial Road. Follow Ben, Chad, and the whole Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. It's the best damn sports bar in Oklahoma, and there's no better place to have a conversation about the NFL and watch all the games on Sundays. Always the favorite. That's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. So looking forward to what the guys have going on this Sunday afternoon, right? we got the conference championship games, man, so time to dive into it, right, Butter? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, we've got some news to recap as well, my friend. And so the big breaking news that kind of, I guess it, it really happened right after we recorded the pod last week, Butter, so I want to get your thoughts on it here. Urban Meyer. Signs on with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Head coach is going to get paid a whole lot of money, probably going to have a whole lot of say and control uh, in player personnel and all kinds of other options there. Uh, but your thoughts on Urban Meyer to the Jags, good fit? And if so, who who you think is going to take number one overall in the draft this April, my friend? Well, I mean, I think it's a great fit. You know, I mean, um, Urban Meyer, I mean, he's a, he's a well-decorated college coach. I mean, uh, Utah, Florida, Ohio State, I mean, uh, won some national championships with uh, Tim Tebow, won some, uh, won a national championship up at Ohio State. I mean, uh, I believe it's a good fit, um, and I believe that he can he can help the uh, the Jaguars get turned back around. You know, I mean, you think uh, about the Jaguars, you know, I mean, three or four years ago, they were in the AFC championship and were a couple plays away from the Super Bowl um, <clears throat> after they lost to the Patriots, you know. Uh, and then, like the last couple of years, it's just they've just kind of went downhill, been kind of a been kind of a dumpster fire, you know. I mean, have had um, personnel issues. I mean, uh, quarterback wise, running backs. I mean, a lot of their first round picks that they've had, um, as, as far as talent wise, I mean, really aren't with the aren't with the program or aren't with the team anymore. So, I mean, um, the only thing that uh, that that I could say that would be a downfall with the with the Urban Meyer hire is you know I mean um, how long does he stay? I mean you you, you think about um, whenever he was at Florida, I mean uh, he he was there and, and and very very successful and then ended up having to take a couple years off because of uh, his health and because of stress and then um, he he goes goes to Ohio State and then kind of the same thing happens. So I mean. Um, you know, I mean, how long is he going to be there? Is it going to be three years, four years? I mean, or will he will he be there five? Uh, as far as is who he picks, I mean, um, either one of these quarterbacks would would be a great uh, would be a great a pick for um, a franchise that really really needs a quarterback. I mean, um, with Urban Meyer, I mean, uh, I, I would lean towards Justin Fields because uh, you know, I mean. Uh, 
the, the guy that coaches uh, at Ohio, Ohio State is Ryan Day, and he's a uh, former Urban Meyer uh, assistant. But, you know, I mean, but you got to look at Trevor Trevor Lawrence. I mean, uh, was undefeated in high school, lost two games, I believe, at Clemson um, as a national championship. So, I mean, either one of these would be a great fit. Yeah, I agree. I think I think there is a lot of you know kind of that cognitive tying the tying the uh, the knots together, so to speak, between well, uh, Urban Meyer was at Ohio State, Justin Fields is the Buckeye quarterback, so I think people are kind of pairing those things together. I I, I think it's got to be Trevor Lawrence, right? So all the tools and, and just the, the the pedigree, as you mentioned, not to say that Justin Fields doesn't have that either, but you know I, I think that Trevor seems to be that generational once in a decade type of uh, can't miss prospect right you think back to you know maybe uh, Andrew Luck or, or whoever it was you know 10 years ago 11 years ago in in his success in a relatively short career um that uh, that he, he he ended a couple years ago but yeah I think it's got to be Trevor Lawrence but yeah it's going to be interesting you, you you made that point butter as to Urban Meyer in his relatively brief stops at most of the head coaching jobs that he's had over the last 15, 20 years, right? So, you know, three or four years here, you know, moves on three or four years here. And some of those were moving up the uh, the totem pole, so to speak, right? So he was at Bowling Green, goes out to Utah, has that undefeated season, you know, makes Alex Smith a first-round pick, and then moves on to Florida, and then you mentioned Ohio State after that. And, you know, a lot of, you know, circumstances kind of led to some of those moves there. But, but you know, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of forgot too, Butter. You know, he had some sort of cyst or something on his brain at Ohio State that was giving him like some really bad headaches and stuff. And so you, you mentioned the health problems. You know, interesting uh, you know question there as to just maybe how long he's going to be there. But you certainly can't deny the success that he's had at every stop along the way in, in able to turn programs around uh, in a relatively short period of time. But obviously stepping up in a level of competition, NFL is going to be a little bit of a different animal. Uh, so so going to be interesting to see how that plays out uh, in the weeks and months and um, hopefully years to come. So, Well, you know, I mean, I know this is one of our topics coming up, but, um, you know, I mean, Dwayne Haskins, you know, I mean, he, uh, he signed with the Steelers today. Going to get his um, – Gonna get his second chance, you know. I mean, first round pick, kind of um, had some bad luck. Uh, maturity, um, I mean, lack lack some maturity in some of the decisions that he made up at Washington, you know. But uh, Dwayne Haskins was a Urban Meyer quarterback. I mean, um, played for Urban Meyer at Ohio State. So I mean, um, I was um, I- I'm glad that he's getting like a, a second chance. But I mean, I was just kind of shocked, you know, that maybe. Uh, that wasn't maybe Urban Meyer's first uh, signing, you know, I mean, because, I mean, he was a free agent, you know, so, and he's definitely had success with him um, up at Ohio State. So, I mean, um, obviously, I mean, Urban Meyer knows that Dwayne Haskins is a coachable person. And so, I mean, I'm kind of, in a, in a, in a sense, kind of shocked that that wasn't like his first um, signing with the Jaguars. Yeah, you wonder if Dwayne Haskins and maybe his agent or his people or whatever may have already been deep in talks with the Steelers uh, before, you know, kind of the news broke last week or whatever it may have been, that the, that the timing of events maybe just didn't come together quick enough uh, for, for Urban Meyer to kind of reach out and kind of make that move himself. But, you know, I mean, we could dive into it here, but again, we had it on the big board. We were going to talk about it, but, you know, interesting uh, move by the Steelers here. And certainly, you know, those questions are obviously going to be raised about Big Ben. Hey, look, is he going to come back? You know, he was so emotional at the end of that playoff loss to the Browns in the wild card weekend, you know, kind of had a feel about it. Uh, he's had a rash of injuries over the last few years. You know, he's getting up there and I think he's 38, 39, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, you know, the body just doesn't bounce back the way that it used to at that age in the offseason. And so, you know, it begs the question, you know, 
Haskins signing on with the Steelers, right? You got Mason Rudolph there. You know, what are the Steelers, you know, what's that quarterback room going to look like over the offseason and then most importantly in September? And will Big Ben be a part of it? But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see Haskins get a second chance, right? We talked about it, you know, last month, whatever it was that he had his uh, issues there with Washington, and they eventually uh, cut cut him and parted ways. But uh, I didn't necessarily think it'd be this quick, did you? No, I didn't. Um, and, you know, I mean, what, I mean, props to the Steelers, you know, I mean, if, if Haskins can um, live up to his potential of, of being like, you know, a, a top 10 pick, which uh, I think me and you, me and you've talked about it several times, you know, I mean, uh, the talent is definitely there, uh, but just his decision-making and some of his um, immature decisions that he makes, I mean, um I mean, like I said, I mean, the, the talent is definitely there. I mean, like if he could uh, grow up some, I mean, uh, I think he'll be a hell of an NFL quarterback. And and honestly, I mean, uh, the Steelers, this will be a good, um, a, good, a good solid opportunity for him because, like you said, I mean, Big Ben, I mean, he can't play forever. I mean, if he doesn't retire this year, he probably – maybe retires next year, you know, I mean, uh, because he, he is getting older. I mean, he doesn't have the, the arm strength that he once had. I mean, he's had some, um, pretty significant injuries, you know, I mean, his body just is kind of, um, in a way kind of falling apart, you know, a little bit like the last few years. I mean, which he, he's just getting older. Um, but you know, I mean, if, if, uh, if Haskins can, 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 can be the quarterback that he was, um, somewhat in college, you know, I mean, I think the Steelers will be fine. I mean, because they'll have Haskins, they'll have Mason Rudolph, and they could potentially have, uh, with this signing, the quarterback of the future, not even have to worry about drafting the quarterback. Yeah, there's no denying Haskins' physical talent, right? So big, strong kid, got a, got a rocket for an arm, can move around, mobile guy as well. So all the physical tools are there. I think it's just kind of between the ears for him. And so, again, he's super young, right? So still a young man, still uh, many years ahead of him, uh, an opportunity to mature. And, and you hope he learns his lessons from Washington and kind of apply those uh, to a new situation, Pro- probably needed to be in a new situation, honestly, anyways, uh, there in Pittsburgh. And, and obviously one of the more stable uh, and successful – organizations in the NFL over the last what, 50 years, 40 years, right? Whatever it's been now. So, so yeah, uh, but you know, our, our man, Chad Ford and I, we were talking earlier this week that uh, uh, kind of, kind of a puts the Steelers in a precarious situation with big Ben situation, at least, and what they're going to do at quarterback. Cause you think about the other three squads in that AFC North butter, you got Lamar Jackson for the Ravens, you got Baker Mayfield for the Browns. And then you've got Joe Burrow for the Bengals. It's like all those other clubs are kind of on the ascendancy, kind of young and upcoming with young, talented, you know, seem to be superstar quarterbacks, uh, whereas the Steelers are kind of at the maybe end of one of their cycles and, and you know, they kind of make a move and kind of start to rebuild there. But uh, uh, going to be a, a, a question that I think the Steelers organization has to ask themselves, do you run it back for one more year or do you maybe blow it up and kind of start from scratch uh, given the – juxtaposition that the other three teams in that division have yeah i mean i mean eventually i mean like you said they're gonna have to uh make some sort of move and make some sort of decision um i mean and big ben's gonna have to make a decision like if he wants to continue to play or if he's gonna gonna hang it up which i mean i mean obviously i mean big ben i mean he's had a career which i mean he'll he'll be in the hall of fame I, i believe that i mean i think he's uh he he's deserved and um has has 
had a, a pretty miraculous career where, I mean, I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame whenever he decides to retire and it's all said and done. But, you know, I mean, um, up there, you know, I mean, you got to think, you know, I mean, um, they started out 11-12-0 and 0 this year, and, I mean, they, they ended up losing, you know, four out of their last six games, five out of their last six games. So, I mean, uh, you kind of got to look at it, you know, I mean, and and figure out like what the what their problems were. Whether it was, uh, I know they had a lot of trouble running the ball the last the last half of the season, and then uh, then you also got to think, you know, I mean, how long can Big Ben go? <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, and speaking of teams that kind of need to make a decision, butter and figuring out where they're going to go, I guess we have to talk about the Indianapolis Colts. So the news came out uh, yesterday that Phil Rivers, uh, Philip Rivers, after I think 17 years in the NFL, he's going to hang it up. He's going to retire. And then news broke today that it seems like the Philadelphia Eagles are going to hire the Colts' offensive coordinator. Uh, his name is Nick Sirianni, which I can't say that I, I know a whole lot about the guy, but he's a relatively young guy, right, 39 years old. Um, obviously, the Colts have had some success on offense here over the last uh, year or two under Frank Right, you bring in Phil Philip Rivers. He had a, you know, it was a two-year contract. I think is what he signed, but uh, had a relatively successful year. I think right. So they were a pretty good football team and made the playoffs and just lost narrowly to the Buffalo Bills last week in the wild card round. But you know, kind of leaves the Colts in a new situation. Right, they're left with Jacoby Brissett as their QB there, but you know, not sure that he's the long-term answer. And they're going to be another team that's going to be you know probably in the market for a QB, certainly a franchise QB moving forward. But want to get your thoughts on Phil Philip Rivers hanging it up after a long successful career but never won the big one butter so i think it's going to be one of those taglines or one of the things that we think about with phil rivers a lot of stats a lot of longevity a lot of wins but but never was able to win the big one yeah i mean and you, you mentioned you know i mean um he played for san diego i mean think about who he uh who he took over for out there i mean he took over for drew Brees. you yeah. know i mean so i mean and I, I hate to say this, but I mean, I think we've kind of been um, the the quarterbacks this year that that are older. I mean, we've got to watch them pretty much their entire careers, and I mean that we we've had we've kind of been spoiled because um, there's some great quarterbacks. And I mean, you look back at at um, some of the guys. I mean, Philip Rivers. I mean, um, he's definitely retiring. One of those guys that has stood for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, but he never has been able to to win the big one. And I mean, I think I think you um, had the Colts going pretty pretty far this year. You know, I mean, they were definitely competitive. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, I mean, Drew Brees. You know, I mean, like I said, he'll he'll definitely be be a Hall of Famer as well. And I mean, um, and, and it's kind of interesting to see what. Um, what his decision is going to be as well. As far as the Eagles, I mean, I think that they're going to get a good hire. Um, it'll be um, it'll be kind of interesting to see like what they decide to do with uh, Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. I mean, I would think uh, with Jalen Hurts' body of work, I mean, he's definitely has not done anything to lose the job. Um, but Carson Wentz, you know, I mean, you got to think about, you know, I mean two or three years ago, I mean, led them uh, to the Super Bowl, was it MVP? And, um, I mean, you got to think that uh, he's got some left in the tank. I mean, and 
just the, 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 is it going to be with the Eagles or is he going to end up someplace else? I mean, because um, obviously, I mean, I would think that Carson Wentz, if Jalen Hurts is named the starter, I mean, he's one of those guys that um, is not going to want to be the be a backup. No, I agree. I mean, I think that's going to be job or, or the first task on his uh, uh, at the top of his to do list whenever he uh, officially signs and becomes the guy there in Philadelphia is got to resolve this quarterback situation, right? And so both, you know, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, they're under contract, you know, next year, and so you have to figure out how that's going to play out. And does it just say, hey, we're going to go into camp? It's going to be an open competition, and may the best man win, or or do you, you know, kind of console the Eagles, uh, egos uh, of the Eagles to a certain degree and try to make that work and say, hey, Carson Wentz, you know, we're not going to give up on you yet. We're going to give you another chance to to win this job and keep it, right? So, it, But it is going to be, um, you know, a touchy thing, right? So that's one of those things that a new head coach coming into a locker room that was probably somewhat divided, right? So you have, you know, Carson Wentz, you have the guys that are probably loyal to him and say, hey, that's our quarterback. We want that guy to be out there. He's struggling, but it's not all his fault. And then you probably have a certain segment of the locker room that says, hey, this hurts kid come in and led us to a couple of victories and played really, really well. Let's roll with him and see what he can do. And that's that's just human nature, right? So uh, I think it's going to be a very delicate situation and not the easiest thing to handle uh, for a first-time head coach, right? And the Sirianni guy, again, young guy, right, 39 years old, been in the game for a while now, but it'll be the first time that he's the head man. So uh, not the uh, the easiest uh, situation to step into. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that. But uh, interested to see what they do, right? So, I, again, I don't know a whole lot about this uh, Sirianni guy, but uh, he's had good offenses in Indianapolis. So uh, should be a good sign for the Eagles offense moving forward. So. Well, Butter, staying in Indy, another news story before we kind of get into the recaps of the games and preview the conference championships this weekend. NFL came out kind of – Oh, sad to hear it, but understandable, right, is that there there won't be an NFL combine as we know it in Indianapolis this February, right? I remember going back to our college days, but where we would kind of skip out of class on that Thursday and Friday in February and watch the uh, the NFL combine all day on the NFL network whenever they first started televising it in the early 2000s. And, you know, timing timing guys running the 40 on our phone with uh, watching it on TV and stuff. And so we were kind of combine junkies way back in the day and really loved it and stuff. But, you know, COVID, you know, you usually bring 300 guys in from all over the country. Obviously, that's going to be difficult to kind of manage uh, with regards to that. So pretty much it's going to be nothing but guys pro days, and that's how scouts are going to evaluate. And so they're going to have to kind of make that work from a scheduling standpoint. But disappointing that uh, we're not going to have the combine this year because I, I always enjoyed watching it, and I know you did as well, bud. Yeah, I do. I mean, um, and it's one of those things like we're – a lot of these players that get invited to the NFL combine, you know, I mean, um, they, uh, they measure so much at the NFL combine and have so much, um, stuff for them to do. I mean, there's a, a lot of, um, players that actually shine, you know, I mean, that, um, with some of the drills that, um, that they do. And I mean, it's also, you know, I mean, for some of these kids, I mean, it's a kind of an honor to get to go to the NFL combine because, not everybody gets to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A big deal. You know, I think it's 330, I think, is what they cap it at from a combine with you know, so many linemen, so many quarterbacks, so many running backs, right? And they'd always break it up each day, right? So uh, do running backs and wide receivers one day, quarterbacks and whatever the next day, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it was always a four-day event, uh, give or take, kind of the, the testing anyways. I think the, a lot of the guys would get there a couple of days before for interviews and doing all that fun stuff. But, yeah, just a, a, another – 
you know, a big event that we always look forward to each and every year that, that COVID has kind of taken away from us. And again, hopefully uh, the vaccine kind of gets rolled out here soon. We can kind of get back to normal on that front, but uh, going to miss it, but uh, newsworthy and uh, want to talk a little bit about it before we move into the recaps from the divisional round weekend. So, well, I guess we got to jump into it, Butter, and let's just start at the top. So the early game from last Saturday Packers over the Rams, 32-18, to 18, right? Uh, the Rams, I thought, were game, right? They, they stayed in it late into the fourth quarter, kind of midway through the fourth quarter. The Packers got that last touchdown to really kind of put the game away. We both had the Packers, so we were right in that regard. But, you know, more points scored in this one than I thought there would be personally, being 50 total. But your thoughts on Packers and Rams, a kind of a recap of that divisional round game, bud? Well, you know, I mean, the, the, the Rams were coming off a very big uh, win against the Seattle Seahawks and um, playing up in Lambeau Field in in January. I mean, this is the, the kind of game like where the Packers, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and uh, Devontae Adams, these guys know how to play uh, in cold weather. And, um, it, I mean, I – like I said, I picked them. I mean, I figured uh, the the game kind of ended up exactly the way that I figured it would. I mean, uh, you got 32 points uh, from Aaron Rodgers um, and that uh, Packers offense. Um, threw for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. I mean, one of the things that I was kind of surprised with was, um, you know, I mean, Devontae Adams kind of had a quiet day. I mean, like the, the main receiver was Alan Lazard, uh, Iowa State kid. And um, the one big, long um, cut, you know, touchdown I mean, pitch. That, but, you know, I mean, like you said, I mean, the Rams definitely made it uh, a lot more competitive than what I figured that they would. I mean, um, I thought that the Rams were going to have trouble keeping up with the, the Packers' uh, offense. No, I'm with you. I, I think I come away from that game – more impressed with the Rams uh, than anything else. And, and again, they were playing shorthanded, right? So, you know, Jared Goff's thumb injury, uh, you know, you had, um, you know, uh, some of the receivers were hurt. You had Aaron Donald, right? So he was hurt, you know, kind of had the rib injury and he mm-hmm. wasn't at a hundred percent. I know they said that they weren't monitoring his snaps or that he, he wasn't, that he was fine to go, but I mean, he was on the sideline a lot in the second half, you know, kind of taking some, some breathers and uh, kind of subbing him in. And, um, you know, I don't think that that would have typically been the case had he been a hundred percent. So, um, you know, Sean McVay, say what you will, the guy, you know, he finds ways to to kind of alter his play calling and kind of fit the players in his system, which I, I think are, is the sign of a good head coach, right? So you, you can kind of have your system and say, well, these guys have to learn it or otherwise, you know, we're just not going to be any good. And I think that's a very stubborn, hard-headed way to go about it. But I think McVay does a really good job of kind of taking the pieces that he's got and making the most out of it. And again, you know, they, they won a couple of playoff games or won a playoff game shorthanded and were pretty competitive against the number one overall seed in the NFC in the second one. So I, I say kudos to him and I don't think his stock did anything but go up this past weekend. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. You know I mean? Um, I think he's a good young coach and um, I think he's not going to do anything but get, get better. I think his stock is going to continue to rise and, um, you know, I mean, one of the things that um, that I think, uh, I mean, we, we talk about uh, Sean McVay and the Rams offense. I thought the defense was um, just as good or better than the offense this year. Yeah, that Aaron Donald, that defensive line was really, really good. Then obviously bringing in Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they're uh, 
they got a lockdown corner in that regard as well. The secondary was really stout as well. But, you know, we're heaping a lot of praise on the Rams. But obviously, you know, the Packers won the game, right, and uh, in one by two touchdowns. Yeah. So, you know, got to show them some love as well. They're going to be hosting uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks this weekend, which we'll talk about that game here a little bit later. But you, you're, you're right, Butter. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a vintage Packers offensive performance here. But Aaron Rodgers, very efficient, right, 23 out of 36 for 296 yards and two touchdowns. But, but really just they didn't make a whole lot of mistakes, right, and they didn't beat themselves. And, uh, and I think that that was, you know, the talent kind of kind of won out in the end. And, again, the Rams being somewhat injured and shorthanded there, I think. So the Packers probably had a game plan of like, hey, look, just don't screw this up. And uh, I think we've got enough firepower to make it happen. And kudos to them. They did. So they, uh, they were able to pull it out and, again, uh, cover the spread pretty handily. And the total went over in that one as well. So the 50 points was an over there. I think it was 47 and a half is what it went off at kickoff, somewhere in that ballpark, 40, 45 and a half, 47. So... Well, well, Butter, the game I was probably most excited about going into the divisional round was going to be that Saturday night game, and that was the Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills. Right, the Ravens they had ha- got their swagger back. Right, they'd kind of beat the Titans in the uh, on the road in the uh, uh, first round of the wild card. Right, the Bills had that. Uh, Close, but uh, but a good win over the Indianapolis Colts uh, in the wild card weekend as well. We expected a lot of fireworks, you know, high powered offense here, and it did not deliver in that regard. So a total of twenty points scored in this one. The Bills uh, win at seventeen to three, but it was really a hundred yard interception uh, return for a touchdown in the third quarter that kind of broke it open. But it was pretty cagey and kind of a, a back and forth defensive battle all the way throughout the game, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to think like um, uh, with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Zach Thomas was, or Zach, not Zach Thomas, Zach Moss was out of the yep. game, running back. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in one of the leagues that I'm in, um, in the playoffs, I picked up Devin Singletary, and he he didn't do crap. I mean, the, the Buffalo Bills did not really run the ball per se with a running back pretty much all day. Um, but you know, I mean, Josh Allen doing what he does with running the football and, and making plays, I mean, did did enough to win. Um, you know, I mean, you got to – the Ravens miscues. I mean, uh, you got to look – kind of got to look to Lamar Jackson. Um, he, he had some turnovers. And you also got to look to Justin Tucker, who had uh, two or three missed field goals, which changed the total complexion and total uh, complexion of that ball game. Yeah, you're right. Those those missed field goals were in the first half, too, whenever points were coming at a premium, right? So both teams went into halftime 3-3. And so, you know, had it been 9-3 or somewhere in that ballpark with the Ravens having a lead, it might have been a little bit of a different story in the second half. But uh, you're right. Justin Tucker, absolutely one of the best in the game, has has been one of the best kickers in the league for the last what, seven, eight, nine, ten years, whatever it's been. Very uncharacteristic. And, and a little bit of wind swirling there in Buffalo on Saturday night. But uh, uh, but I, I want to say Tyler Bass, the, the Bills kicker, I think he missed a field goal as well. So it was a, it was a tough night did, to be kicking yeah. outdoors, but uh, uh, yeah, you don't expect Tucker to do it. And doinked him right off the post. I think he hit the upright twice, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So which is uh, challenging to, to do in and of itself. But you know, I, I was talking to our man Chad Butter, and again, I think I, you have to be impressed with the Bills because they find different ways to win, right? So you think back to to last weekend against the Colts. Well, the weekend before last against the Colts, you know, the Colts played a damn near perfect game, right? So they had over 400 yards of offense, didn't turn the ball over, didn't give up any sacks, were super efficient, and the Bills found a way to overcome in a close game. Here, you know, they turned it into a defensive slugfest, and really that's the style of game that the Ravens probably wanted to play, but the Bills said, all right, well, we can do that too, and we'll find a way to win here. So I 
I come away super impressed with the Bills here. I think that they're a they're an adaptive team and they can find a lot of ways to win, Butter. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's kind of they kind of look like the Bills of old, honestly. You know, I mean, um, except the Bills of old, um, whenever they got to the Super Bowl, they couldn't win. I think this Bills team, if they get to the Super Bowl, I think that they can win. <laughs> they're they're good and they're fun to watch. You know, another young team, right? Kind of an up and coming team that you would expect that they're they're probably going to be the the cream of the crop in that AFC East for the next few years, uh, given the uh, the Patriots uh, situation. So yeah, kind of a changing of the guard there, perhaps this season. So. Well, let's go ahead to Sunday, Butter. The uh, the early kickoff Sunday, right? Baker Mayfield, our guy, Oklahoma guy. Cleveland Browns are going into Arrowhead Stadium against the Chiefs. Big spread here, you know, nine and a half, ten points at kickoff, depending upon your book. So the Chiefs are a big favorite for a reason. You like the Browns. I said, nah, no way the Chiefs are going to boat race them. This might turn into an ass kicking. I was way wrong, man. The Browns were in this thing and had a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. Obviously, the big storyline was Patrick Mahomes' concussion, you know, going down, I think it was late in the third quarter, I believe, somewhere in that ballpark whenever he went out. And the Chiefs kind of held on for dear life at that point, and the Browns kind of chipped away, had a couple opportunities. Chad Henney comes up with some fourth down conversions in the fourth quarter to, to seal the game. Uh, but, but the Browns played really well in this one, right, Butter? Yeah, I mean, well, one of the things that um – with this ball game, I mean, it was a 22 to 17 ball game. One of the things that I look back on, um, I know that the, the chiefs were ahead, um, 19 to three at the half, but, uh, right before it was, um, with about five or six minutes left in the second quarter, uh, do you remember the play where, uh, Rashad Higgins was going in for the touchdown and then gets, um, yeah. Fumbles it out of the touchback. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I mean, it, it, he led with his helmet. The defensive, the d- defensive player led with his helmet, but you know, I mean, it didn't didn't get called. I mean, so that that probably uh, took uh, a lot of the a lot of the momentum away from the Browns. But you know, I mean, the Browns could have folded up their tent and just got their asses kicked. But they came back out. Uh, Baker Mayfield threw an early interception in the third quarter but they fought and clawed the rest of the game. Um, but I mean, props to the props to Andy Reid and the chiefs. I mean, um, because if they don't uh, have a, a 13 year vet at backup quarterback, they probably don't win the game. Um, you know I mean? Chad, Chad Henney, a Michigan kid who's kind of been a journeyman in the league. I mean, they uh, go for it on fourth and one and get it, but you know I mean? Like I said, watching that game, I mean, I don't think the Browns are that far away. I mean, they need a um, – they've got they've got a quarterback. They've got running backs. Uh, they could probably use another offensive lineman. They could use a linebacker, and they could definitely use a go-to wide receiver because uh, this year after Odell Beckham went down, I mean, their number one wide receiver was uh, Jarvis Landry, and I mean – you know, I mean, he's probably a two or three guy for most clubs. Yeah, he, he he's probably more of a complimentary receiver. I, I think you're right, but I'll tell you, you know, I saw a report, you know, head coach uh, Kevin Stavansky uh, come out this week, you know, kind of a end-of-the-season wrap-up interview, whatever you want to call it and stuff, kind of as they're uh, getting ready to break. Uh, but, uh, you know, reporters were kind of asking him about uh, OBJ, and he said, yeah, no, hey, I, I talked to him on Monday. You know, he's rehabbing. We're looking forward to him coming back and helping the team next season. And so, you know, I think – there was a lot of question marks about, you know, once OBJ went down with that knee injury, it's like, well, it wasn't really working, it didn't seem like, in Cleveland. And then really the Browns kind of kicked on after that and became a really good football team 
you know, perhaps coincidentally, I don't know, uh, after, you know, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. kind of went down with that knee injury. And so the thought was being like, well, they're probably going to move on from him, right? They're, they're, it just doesn't seem to be working. But interesting comments from Stefanski there. And maybe some of that's, you know, kind of window dressing as to like, well, you're, you're going to say that, right? So he's our guy, our player until he's not. So we're going to assume that he's going to be back in, you know, the summer or over the fall camp or whatever it might be. But I thought that that was interesting. But, you now I think you're right. You know, probably need to beef up the receiving cores a little bit and then could probably use some more help at, at linebacker, maybe secondary as well on defense. But the Browns, they're, they're not that far away. And I, I, I think Baker this year maybe have answered some questions and maybe silenced a few critics, although I'm sure there will still be critics out there uh, that just don't like him for his attitude. But uh, he played really, really well this season, man. So I, I think the Browns are going to be a fun team to follow here over the next two or three years, don't you? Yeah, I mean, um, with 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 Baker Mayfield and uh, the situation that he's in, in with the Browns, I mean, <clears throat> the, the Browns uh, coming into this year, I mean, uh, hadn't been to the playoffs in 20-plus years, hadn't won a playoff game in 25, 26 years. So, I mean, um, with Baker and his attitude, you kind of uh, – the Browns kind of have a target on their back, you know? I mean, uh, because Baker Mayfield, number one pick coming out of Oklahoma Heisman Trophy winner – um, I think you kind of, with him, you kind of got to be cocky because you have to uh, have a chip on your shoulder and you have to play that way. And, I mean, I think he's done a really good job of playing that way. And, you know, I mean, uh, the Browns are starting to uh, to get uh, players around him where he's not having to do everything on his own. Uh, you know, I mean, and it's for, for Baker, you know, I mean, uh, we were so used to um, – to, to watching him at OU, you know what I mean? Um, run, run with the football and make, and get that extra um, couple yards or get, get the, get the third and five or get the third and six. And, you know what I mean? With the players that he's got with the Browns, I mean, he's kind of, uh, it reminds me of him back at OU. It really does because they're getting more players around him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they've beefed it up. Uh, and, and I think that was part of the move in bringing in Odell Beckham Jr., right? So, hey, give him the weapons. And so we can't really judge this guy until we actually get some offensive talent around him. But you think about the running back core, right, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You know, Njoku, the tight end, he had a real good game on Sunday. I think he played really, really well and kind of came on strong in the playoffs for him uh, late down the season. So I think the talent's there, right? So, I mean, I think you're right. Probably need to beef up the offensive line a little bit more too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've given him an arsenal to kind of work with now. And it's uh, starting to, to bear fruit. But uh, question marks about Patrick Mahomes going into the conference championship game this Sunday against the Bills, Butter. So all all things seem to point towards Patrick Mahomes being ready to go and that he's going to start the game on Sunday. But, you know, the hit, you know, you go back and watch a couple replays of it, like it didn't look super bad or super terrible, right? So you you see his head, you know, it does kind of hit the turf there. But, you know, we've seen worse, way worse hits you know, where guys just kind of bounce up and nothing happens to them. And so kind of, you know, weird to kind of see that happen. But, you know, I mean, I think you and I, we've had concussions during our playing days way back in the past. And, yeah, I mean, it takes takes a minute, right? So you're, 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 you you got to kind of clear the cobwebs out and headaches and all the other goofy stuff in which we've learned so much more about it, you know, over the last 5, 10 years as opposed to, you know, 20, 50, 25 years ago, whatever it was, uh, whenever you and I had a helmet on. But, you know, I mean, it, it is kind of a – you know, it makes you, makes you a little wary, right, about the Chiefs and about Patrick Mahomes going into this weekend, right? Yeah, I mean, I just wonder, you know, I mean, um, with going back to that game, you know, I mean, uh, he was kind of hobbled anyway with uh, with a leg injury. And, I mean, I think um, it, it got worse as the day 
went yeah, was working on, on his foot or his toe and, or something, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, you know, I mean, it, whenever he, he actually went out of the game, I mean, he, he did come up loopy, but I just wonder if like, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't a couple plays before that, that uh, he was kind of um, loopy as well. I mean, not just that one hit uh, that whenever he went out of the game, I mean, if, cause the Browns were getting after him. So, I mean, uh, it, 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 it might've lingered on for a couple plays is what I've been getting at, you know I mean? Because, uh, but whenever he did go down, I mean, he couldn't tell shit from Shinola. It didn't look like <laughs> think that. I mean, it's not, it's not funny. It's kind of funny now. Cause you know, he's going to be okay. Right. So, but yeah, in the moment, it's not funny. I always think back to that, that old Snickers commercial, right? Where that guy, the football player gets hit and he thinks he's Batman or whatever. Like that's always the, the, the go-to joke I go to whenever you see a guy kind of get his bell rung like that. But uh, yeah, he thought, thought he was Batman there for a minute, but uh, yeah, it seems, seems like he's going to be fine. Again, Andy Reed kind of press conferences and things kind of leading up through the week is that he's been participating in practice following all the protocols, you know, seems like he's going to probably pass all the tests and be ready to go on Sunday. But uh, uh, kudos to Chad Henney, right, for stepping into a tough situation and, uh, you know, kind of had to hold on for dear life there with the Browns kind of coming back into it. But he made two or three plays down the stretch in the fourth quarter whenever he had to to clinch that game for the Chiefs and some ballsy play calling by Andy Reid as well, right? So <laughs> going for it on fourth down at midfield, you know, to kind of ice the game, I mean, that that – he would have been uh, uh, drawn and quartered uh, had that not worked out in K- uh, for KC, but uh, but it did work out, and so that's the that's the plays we remember, right? The uh, 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 fortune favors the bold, right, Butter? Oh, I mean, I thought it was a hell of a play. You know, I mean, they were uh, on the broadcast. I mean, they were saying that he was going to pass. Yeah, full Tony you know, Romo, I mean, didn't you know, it? <laughs> here he is lining up to to pass, and he takes off running. You know. <laughs> No, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, definitely, definitely fooled Tony Romo on that one. But uh, Romo does a great job on the broadcast. Uh, broadcast. I know we're we're Cowboy Homer, so we're always going to love Romo. But uh, he does a he does a genuinely good uh, good job up there in the booth. So uh, he's always fun to listen to. But um, well, well, the the last game of the weekend, butter. Got a recap here. This this was probably you know for for a lot of mainstream fans, this was the game that everybody was pointing to, right? Because you had that quarterback matchup. You know, two of the all time greats, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, right? Drew Brees holding pretty much every meaningful quarterback statistic in the all-time record books. Got the one Super Bowl to his name. Tom Brady, obviously his resume speaks for himself. The six Super Bowls have been to, you know, what, uh, three others, I think. So, uh, and just, you know, I think now the stat, he's been to 14 conference championships over the last 20 years. Just a ridiculous stat now. But I was wrong on this one, Butter. You were right. You had the Bucks in this one. Bucks end up winning at 30-20 to 20 in really what was a, a super close, tight game going into the fourth quarter, and then critical mistakes by the Saints, right? Two interceptions by Drew Brees and then a fumble by Jared Cook really ends up being the difference in this one, and Tom Brady cashes in on those mistakes, and the Bucks win at 30-20. to 20. But your thoughts on this one, bud? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of one of those games, you know, I mean, like uh, the first quarter was pretty much uh, kind of what we uh, thought it was going to be. Um <clears throat> You know, I mean, but one of the things like the that you could tell, uh, which I mean, maybe it's um, Drew Brees. I mean, I don't really know if he's actually a hundred percent healthy from those rib injuries. You know, I mean, uh, for some reason he just could not throw the ball down the field like um, over twenty or twenty-five yards. I mean, you could just tell. Like, I mean, they they weren't throwing the ball down the field that that much. And uh, whenever he did throw the ball down the field, I mean, he got picked off, you know, I mean, the, the longest play, I think, was that trick play where they ran with Jameis Winston and uh, Trick Quan Smith. But, you know, I mean, it's one of those games, you know, I mean, um, 
two great quarterbacks, uh, you know, I mean, in the playoffs, um, fighting to fighting to go to the NFC Championship, fighting to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, it, and it sucks, you know, I mean, that um, both of these guys are great quarterbacks. I mean, both of them will be Hall of Famers, but it sucks that somebody has to lose. And, um, you I mean, you really hate to – to see Drew Brees lose this way um, because, I mean, he's just such a likable guy. I mean, I've, I've been hoping for like the last three or four years that he gets another Super Bowl, you know, I mean, um, <clears throat> but I mean, this year they came up short. I mean, Tom Brady made enough plays. Um, it seems like that that Buccaneers offense, I mean, from they're a completely different team from the start of the year till now. I mean, it seems like, um, Bruce Arians has those guys fall, uh, firing on all cylinders. The defense looked the best that it's looked all year long against um, against a really, really good Saints offense. Um, and then, um, well, like I said, you know, I mean, the costly uh, the costly turnovers. I mean, that was the that was the the kind of the turning point in the game. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, no official report or official word yet as we're recording this here on Thursday evening, Butter, but all, all signs seem to point to that being Drew Brees' last game uh, as an NFL quarterback. And, and you mentioned it, right? So, you know, he, he you know, kind of blowing kisses to the crowd, you know, walking off the field, kind of had one little look back there at the Superdome before he kind of went down the tunnel. And, and it does. It sucks that uh, that, that that's going to be his last game. And he, and he didn't play, you know, up to the level that he probably anticipated or, or expects of himself. But, you know, I think you're right, but he wasn't 100%. You know, I think some news reports came out that, you know, the, the ribs were, were still, I mean, it's one of those things, those things don't heal overnight, right? So still giving him trouble, you know, maybe a torn labrum and a couple other uh, kind of nagging injuries that uh, have hindered him here. But you're right, he hasn't looked 100% for you know, damn near uh, eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it's been, uh, maybe even before he kind of went out there with those rib injuries. So I know you and I were even questioning about it, man, it just doesn't seem like he has the same zip on the ball anymore. And, uh, and you know, he's 42 years old, right? So uh, father time is undefeated, right? He catches up with all of us. And so, uh, you know, kind of a, sucks that uh, that one of those guys had to lose. Uh, you, you said it perfectly, right? So you, you want to root for both those guys because they've done so well and been in the league for so long. And, you know, no shame to going out to Tom Brady, right? So he's uh, he's he's beat a lot of people in the divisional round in the in the AFC championship or NFC championships in the past and so um, kind of just to add uh, Drew Brees to that list now and stuff but sets up a tasty matchup this weekend butter let's just jump into it my friend uh, the conference championship games let's just start with the NFC Buccaneers at the Packers you know the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field we'll see what the weather is going to be like I think it's going to be right at 32 degrees so kind of right there at the freezing mark I've seen this line oscillate back and forth between Packers by three or Packers by three and a half butter. The total has kind of moved around between 50 and a half, 51 points, give or take. It's right 51 and a half currently. Your thoughts on Bucks and Packers, who you taking and why in this one, bud? Man, I mean, I think this game is 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 gonna live up to is gonna live up to the hype of this game. I mean, you've got Tom Brady, you got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, both of these guys um know how to win um big games. They both have Super Bowl uh, rings. They both know how to uh, win their conference championships. Uh, both of these teams, I mean, they have um, lots of good wide receivers. I mean, you got Devontae Adams, you got Mike Evans, you've got uh, Antonio Brown, Godwin, um, tight ends, you got Gronkowski versus Tanya, and running backs, Aaron Jones versus. Uh, versus Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, you know, I mean, but um, 
the way that the Buccaneers uh, handled the Saints, um, I think that this game is going to be a shootout. I really do. I think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Um, I would lean towards the over, and I'm taking the Buccaneers. All right, Butter, I'm going to go against you here, which, again, is probably not wise given that you were four for four last weekend. So you're on a, you're on a hot streak. Uh, so I don't know that uh, I should be going against you, but I like the Packers at home in this one, Bud. So, and again, everything you said about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense and kind of what they're doing right now, they're gelling at the right time. They're coming together, playing their best football of the season, no doubt about it. And, and probably we shouldn't be surprised by that, right? So they threw a bunch of new guys together down there in Tampa at the start of uh, fall camp. And obviously due to COVID, the guys didn't really have a, a lot of time to kind of work together in the in a normal preseason as they would have otherwise. And so no surprise perhaps that uh, that they're coming together late in the season. They're playing really well, but I, I think the Packers at home in the cold weather there at Lambeau Butter, you know, they just don't lose very often uh, at, at home uh, in the cold weather there in Green Bay. And so I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think that their offense is just every bit as good uh, as, as, uh, as Tampa Bay right now. I don't think they played, you know, to the best of their ability last weekend against the Rams, but I think the Rams defense – man for man and across the board is probably better than the Bucks defense, to be honest with you. And so um, I think we have to take that into account. So I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers in the pack. And the, the, I think the total is pretty close. I think it's in that ballpark. I could see this being a, you know, 28 to 24, 30 to, to 24 type of game, you know, right there around that total line. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll go just under butter and, and give me the Packers to win this thing 27 to 23. Um, but I think they cover. I think it is going to be relatively close, uh, just because I don't, I can't foresee Tom Brady getting blown out in a conference championship game. But I like the pack here, and I think the pack's going to be able to run the ball, Butter. So I like Aaron Jones. I know you've got him uh, in some fantasy leagues and some playoff fantasy leagues out there. I think you're going to be happy with his performance. I think uh, he runs the ball, uh, puts up 100 yards, maybe has a touchdown or two, and part of it's going to be playing keep away from that Bucks offense too. So give me the pack in that one, Bud. So, well, let's go Sunday evening, Butter. The AFC Championship, again, the uh, the upstart, the Bills Mafia, right? So the, the, the fun team to follow here against the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Bills are the underdog in this one. Again, probably no surprise. I think the line is taking into account the fact that we all expect Patrick Mahomes to play in this game on Sunday. This line has wavered between Kansas City by three, Kansas City by two and a half, the total here is actually going up, so uh, it's up to 54 now. I'd seen it at 53, uh, 52 and a half earlier in the week, but it's all the way up to 54 points now. So Vegas expecting a lot of points in this one, Butter. But your thoughts on Chiefs against the Bills uh, at Arrowhead on Sunday evening, my friend? Well, I mean, first and foremost, you got to start. I mean, both of these teams, I mean, have uh, really good quarterbacks. You got Patrick Mahomes going against Josh Allen. Allen, um, you got Stephon Diggs, wide receiver for the Bills, and you got Tyreek Hill, wide receiver for the Chiefs. Um, hopefully, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is back. Uh, hopefully, Patrick Mahomes is back as well. I mean, hopefully, he uh, gets through the concussion protocol and is able to play. Um, I mean, that way, because I mean, this game I think has got a, just as much hype is the, the Buccaneers versus the Packers. Um, in this game right here, though, man, I mean, I like the Bills. Uh, I've liked the Bills all year long. The Bills uh, just keep finding ways to win, whether it be defense, special teams, um, or Josh Allen, uh, you know I mean, using his legs to, to pick up a 
pick up a first down to, to win the game or pick up a touchdown to win the game. Um, I think, um, I think honestly, I man, I just think that this is the Bills' year. I mean, and uh, I would lean towards the the over because I think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, and uh, I'm taking the Bills. Yeah, we're on the same page here, Butter. I'm with you. I like the Bills as well, and I like there to be points in this game. Again, we alluded to it earlier in the pod. You know, you look at the two playoff wins from the Bills, they won in totally different manners. And again, I just love the adaptability of that team to be able to say, hey, we don't care what style of play you're going to play. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to match it, right? We're going to match it. We're going to beat you. And so, you know, I, I could see this turning into a little bit of a shootout. And to a certain degree, I, I think the red zone is going to be super important in this one, Butter, because I think both these offenses are so potent that they're going to move it between the 20s pretty easily, uh, kind of up and down the field. And so it's really going to be who's going to be able to bow their neck there in the red zone and force the other team to kick field goals. And I like the Bills' ability to do that maybe a little bit more than the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs, I just don't know that they have that ability to kind of line up and go smash mouth and run the football. You know, you got about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, they brought in Le'Veon Bell. We all thought that, well, he's going to add that element to that offense. But really, he hasn't had much of an impact, to be honest with you. And the Chiefs, you know, down the stretch, we kept saying, well, they're they're kind of toying with opponents, right? They're barely winning. You know, all these one-possession games, you know, they find a way to win in the end. They kind of turn it on. But, you know, we kind of thought that maybe they were playing with opponents and that, at least I did anyways, and that last week they were just going to, you know, take it to the Browns and just thump them and kind of turn it back on. Well, it didn't really play out that way, right? So 22 points is all they could muster. It was enough to win. Got to give them credit. But I think that the Chiefs may be who, who we think they are, right? So kind of borrow the old uh, uh, Denny Green line there. And so I'm with you. I like the Bills. And, and again, I, I think the Bills win this game straight up. You know, I, I think they, they end up winning the game there in Arrowhead, which won't be easy. But I think this Bills team kind of has a little bit of a air of destiny about them. And, and, you know, we see it so often is that once a team wins the Super Bowl – it's hard to stay on top, Butter. I mean, there's a reason why there haven't been a whole lot of squads win back-to-back championships. You know, there's been a handful, right? We think about the Cowboys of the 90s, the Niners in the uh, the 80s, and then the Steelers in the 70s. You know, it just it just doesn't happen that often because it's really, really difficult to do. Um, you know, Patriots in the 2000s, you know, you kind of get one team a decade that might get an opportunity to do it. But I think it's tough, man. So I'm with you. I like the Bills. Give me uh, Josh Allen to make enough plays both with his arm and his legs. Uh, I think maybe he, we could see him score a rushing touchdown on Sunday as well. But uh, we're on the same page there, my friend. I've got it Packers and Bills. You've got it Buccaneers and Bills. I think I would be tickled to see either one of those Super Bowls. Would you? Yes. I mean, uh, Buccaneers, Packers, and the Bills. I mean, it, it, it would be very, very awesome if it was uh, either – those three teams won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, would love, love that. And I know you've got a, you've got a, f- a vested financial interest in the, either of those three teams winning too, right? But yeah, yeah got I some, do. got some, got some f- futures, uh, futures picks out there from a Super Bowl standpoint. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. But I, I think it would, it'd be entertaining, an entertaining Super Bowl. Which you know, the Super Bowls oftentimes end up being duds, right? You think about the games just not really, you know, playing out the way that you want them to. But uh, I think uh, those, uh, those, those matchups would lead to. Uh, entertaining close games and exciting games in the fourth quarter, which is what you shoot for and hope for in a Super Bowl. So, well, Butter, you know, kind of looking at our playoff How, fantasy. How's our pick going? Yeah, yeah, it's it's tight. So I am currently ahead of you, one eighty two to one seventy eight. Now we we both we've lost three players from a playoff elimination standpoint, right? So I lost DK Metcalf in the Seahawks defense in the wild card round. Obviously, the Rams beat them. I lose Alvin Kamara 
this past weekend with the Bucks ousting the Saints, and, and, and Alvin Kamara put up 27 points over those two playoff games, so uh, pretty pretty a tough loss for me. You obviously had lost Derrick Henry in the wild card weekend, right? So he didn't he didn't pan out and play uh, play so well against the Ravens. You lost Tyler Lockett in that same weekend, and then you lose Michael Thomas from the Saints. Uh, this pa- past weekend as well, which he didn't exactly have a great game. Right? I think he went over uh, against the uh, the Bucks. They kind of shut him out, but you still got Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Aaron Jones, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Bass, and that Bills defense. That Bills defense scored you a ton of points against the Ravens in the divisional round. I've got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Ronald Jones, who come back uh, after missing the, uh, the wild card game against Washington uh, and put up six points for me. Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Robert Tanya, the Packers tied in, and then Harrison Butker of the Chiefs. And so, yeah, for me, it's been Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And for you, it's been Tom Brady and, uh, you know, kind of a, a combination of the Bills defense and then uh, uh, Mike Evans kind of putting up some good points for you there. So we're neck and neck, my friend, 182 to 178 with uh, two more rounds to go. So it's going to be uh, anybody's ball game still. That's awesome, man. It's going to come down to the wire uh, just like it has all season. So why would we expect anything different, bud? So, well, Butter, any parting thoughts uh, uh, from a conference championship? You know, any any kind of little tidbits you want to throw out there? Uh, maybe a prop bet or something like that that, uh, that you like that you want to share with our listeners before we kind of wrap up this episode. We're up against the 53-minute uh, uh, mark here, bud. Well, um, I mean, like I said, I mean, uh, from a betting standpoint, uh, with what I've got going, I mean, I have, uh, a bet where I've got Buffalo, the Packers and Tampa Bay, uh, separate bets, all making it to the Super Bowl. I don't have the chiefs. So, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm saying no go on Chiefs this week. <laughs> might, you might have to do a little hedging there, my friend. So we'll uh, we'll talk talk offline yeah. about that as to maybe get our man Chad Ford involved in it as to uh, what the what the proper mechanism is there to make sure that you win uh, end up on the winning side. That's what's most important. So, well, well, butter. You know, again, I think that just about wraps it up for this episode. So again, looking forward to the conference championship games on Sunday. You'll probably go check it out at Chalk and uh, watch the games up there with our guys there. But for our listeners out there, butter. You know, again, anybody that's in a playoff. Fan fantasy league anybody looking for advice from that standpoint again you went four for four on your divisional round pick so you're on a heater right now my friend how can our listeners get at you throw that twitter handle out there and uh, uh how can they talk to you bud well you can follow me on twitter at jeremy underscore van Kurener, aka the fantasy professional and that is j-e-r-e-m-y underscore v-a-n-c-u-r-e-n Fantastic, brother. Well, again, I appreciate you riding shotgun with me on another hour of the Fantasy Fessionals football podcast. Look forward to seeing you back in studio next week when we'll be recapping the conference championship uh, matchups and uh, start start previewing a Super Bowl, but so we're not that far away. So I'm looking forward to that. So. Well, everyone, you know, while this will wrap it up for this episode, remember the conversation does not end here. To keep it going and to also keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Enjoy the games this weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Take care.